Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Join me as we head into service. Good morning again, and welcome again and again. This might be the third time I'm welcoming you, but I just want to say welcome. For those of you who are joining us uh, across the world via um, the internet, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook, or Instagram, I just want to say thank you for joining us. My name is Reverend Andrew Granham, and I want to thank Pastor Bob once again for giving me the opportunity to share with you on this Sunday morning. He's not only my pastor, but I had the honor of calling him my friend. He's someone who I look up to and I respect greatly. So thank you again, Pastor Bob, as well. If you can, let's look to the Lord. Father God, we thank you. We praise you for who you are. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for having life this morning. Father God, I pray that as the word goes forth, that you would just allow it to fall on good soil. Prepare every heart, prepare every mind. Let me decrease as you increase. And I just thank you and praise you for the fruit that will come as we plant seeds this morning. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I, before I go any further, I want to also give honor to my parents, Bishop Dr. C. Milton Granham and Pastor Hyacinth Bob Granham, the founders of New Covenant. And I want to bring greetings from my wife, who is, I must say, the, I mean, my, my parents were nice. They're cool. I even like my kids a little bit. But my wife, like, I love her. She is everything I mean, she might be the most amazing person that I've met on this journey that I call life thus far. And so I want to just thank her for uh, being who she is, for, for being a, a jewel, um, for being wonderful. My wife, Chavez, um, I just want to say thank you, love, um, for just being you. And as I begin, there's a, there's a passage that uh, I want to speak to you about. It's a parable. It's one of Jesus' parables. It's the parable of the sower. And it might be something that you're familiar with, but if not, I just want to read it for you really quickly. It's found in Matthew 13, and I'm reading from the New International Version. It says this, That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake, and such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and he sat in it. And while the people stood on the shores... Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering his seed, some fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell in rocky places, where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. And they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plant. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. And then he said, whoever has ears, let them hear. When we read verse 10, it says that the disciples came to him and asked, 
Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because knowledge, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, saying, you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be never seeing, you will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with with their ears, and their eyes they have closed. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts. And in turn, I would heal them. Blessed are you because your eyes, blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. Jesus continued, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown among the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, They last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Jesus starts out talking to his disciples. I mean, he's, he's talking about planting. You know, they're in an agricultural society at that point, right? Now we're in a microwave society. I don't have to go out and plant my food in order to eat it, right? I don't plant plants. I don't plant my vegetables. I mean, I can. I have a a nice little green thumb, if I say so myself, but I'm not planting my own food. I'm not tending to my own crops, right? I go to the supermarket. I get what I want. I bring it back. I throw it in the freezer. Whatever I want. In fact, I don't even go to the supermarket anymore. We we call uh, Target. We got the app. They deliver it to the door. Whole Foods, same thing. Since the pandemic started, We've hardly been in the supermarket, thank God, right? So whatever we want, we can get it right away. We can get it right away. This is the society that we live in. It's a microwave society. There's a saying that I hear on, uh, in pop culture saying, get the bag, right? Got to go get that bag. Got to go get the bag. It's the money. It's the opportunity. 
But what you see oftentimes is that people fail to understand how the bag works. The bag is not something that you can get. The bag is something that you have to grow. You don't, get, you don't gain by getting. You gain by growing. And just because we live in a society that is a microwave society that we get things automatically right when we want, doesn't mean that the universal principles have changed. The Bible says that there's seed time and harvest, that to everything there's a season. Jesus in this parable is talking about a sower going out and planting. And he says, this is the mystery of the kingdom that I'm giving to you. It has to do with planting. And the thing about planting is that things take time. Nothing's automatic. Nothing shows up at your door. It doesn't show up in the mail. I can order something on Amazon and say I want it the next day at 5 a.m. And by the time I wake up, it's sitting there right on my porch. That's not how things work in the kingdom. And I, I, I want to say that I believe that we've been even deceived a little bit to think that if we just say it's mine now, I plant the seed, I sow an offering, I'll get it. I think that's backwards theology because a seed has to grow. We can't just say it and wait for it. No, we have to plant it. And we have to plant in good soil. The Bible says the farmer went out to sow seed. I always think that's interesting because it doesn't say that a doctor went out. It doesn't say that some random guy was walking along throwing seeds. It says that a farmer went out to sow seed. It doesn't say that uh, uh, two rabbis were walking and one threw a seed this way, the other threw a seed that way, and it, Jesus didn't have a punchline at the end of the joke. He said a farmer went out to sow seed. And when I see that, I see that there's someone who's a skilled laborer who knows what he's doing, who understanding of agriculture, who knows how to plant. See, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me, right? So I have, a, I have some plants. My, my dad had a green, has a green thumb, and I grew up watching him plant in his garden. He had a huge garden, vegetables, fruit. He had flowers that, that were overgrown. He had like a, I said he had the Midas touch when it came to planting because all his flowers were, were super overgrown. He had stuff that was taller than me, flowers, right? So I, I think I inherited a little bit of his green thumb. I'm just going to say that I did, and I'm going to pat myself on the back. So I spent a lot of time this summer gardening. I planted my roses. I planted flowers. I planted bushes, and then I, I, I worked on my, my grass, right, because I wanted my grass to be green. I don't have a big yard. I have a little, little strip of, of lawn, and I wanted it to be super, super, super green. I wanted it perfect, right? So this is what I did. I went out. I went to Home Depot, Lowe's. I got some grass seed. I think I got about three bags of grass seed, all different types, because um, I know nothing about planting grass, right? So I threw the seeds down, and they started to come up. And I said, oh, man, this is, this is looking good. I want it to be thicker. So I went, got some more seed, threw it down. 
came up looking strong. And I, and I couldn't just leave well enough alone, right? So I had to go out and I, I got some, some grass food. It, I didn't read what was in it. I will say that I didn't read the instructions either. But I got this grass food. I got, the, I got a cup. I got a spreader. I spread it around all over my grass. I watered it. And then I went inside. The next morning, I sent my son out to go water my plants. And he went and watered my plants. And he came back and he said, Daddy, what happened to the grass? And when I walked outside, my beautiful, plush, it was like a, it was like a green carpet. It really was. It, was. it was nice. I came outside and my grass, all of it, had turned completely yellow. One day later, by the end of the day, the grass started, it started to disintegrate. And then I looked at the instructions. And it said, do not overfeed. Use a quarter of the egg. And I had to go to the trash can to find the empty bag because I used the whole thing. It wasn't that I killed just the grass. I poisoned the soil because I had no idea what I was doing. But I just wanted to make my stuff look good. But Jesus here talks about a farmer went out to sow seed. He didn't say uh, Reverend Drew went out to sow seed because if it was me, then yeah, you definitely would have had seed by the wayside, seed on the stony ground, seed on the, in the thorns, and the seed that was supposed to go into the, the, the good soil probably wouldn't have been placed the right way. He said a farmer went out. A farmer went out to sow seed. He was doing his job farming. But yet, even though he was a farmer, the Bible says that some seed still was thrown along the path. Even though he was a farmer, it still says that some seed went on stony ground. Even though he was a farmer and he knew what he was doing, some of the seeds still fell among the thorns. And it said, and some fell on good soil and brought back a harvest. And I, I would assume that if a person is a farmer, then he wouldn't just plant seeds recklessly. I, I, I would assume that he would take his time to strategically place the seeds where they need to go. I would assume that he wouldn't allow his seeds to go to waste. I would assume that he would make sure that all of the seeds that he put forth brought forth the harvest. That would be my assumption. I would assume that to be an effective farmer and a successful farmer, that part of my success would rest on my ability to maximize the potential of my seeds and limit the waste. I would assume so. But he was a farmer and his seed fell in different places. The Bible says that some seed 
foe. Along the path. Some seed fell along the path. And when he gave his, his, his meaning, it meant that those who didn't have the understanding of the word, when the word came forth, those who didn't understand his word, the seeing the word, those who didn't understand the word, wouldn't be able to receive it. It would get taken away. In verse 10, it says, listen, to, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. Snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that fell on the path. Right? Understand this. If anyone doesn't understand the meaning for something that they receive, then it's going to get snatched away. It will go to waste. If you don't understand the use, if you don't understand how to use something that, that is placed in your possession, it will go to waste. It doesn't matter how much it costs. It doesn't matter how valuable it is. It doesn't matter how long it took someone to work for it in order to give it to you. It doesn't matter how, if you don't know how to use it, it's going to go to waste, or you're going to use it incorrectly. But it won't be used for the purpose that it was given. This is like the word that comes to those who don't understand it. It goes to waste. It goes in one ear and out the other. They don't know what to do with it. We have a, 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 an epidemic in our city of violence. There's so many young people who need help, who, who need who need direction. And there are a lot of people who are doing good work, trying to give them information, trying to tell them how to, how to, how to, how to do things, but if they don't understand what they're receiving, it goes in one ear and out the other. If, if it's blocked by trauma, they can't figure out how to, how to put this information to work for me, then it goes in one ear and out the other. It goes to waste. We have a responsibility to teach our people to understand. The church, and I'll say the American church, has, has done a disservice because we have people coming to church just to get the word, to get the word, get the word, get more seed, get more seed, get more seed. And when they run out of seed, they want more seed. Not realizing that if they plant the seed, It'll bring forth a return. Not realizing that they don't understand the word. Sometimes they don't understand the words in which they, they recite. And they hoop and they holler and they dance and they go home with nothing, receiving nothing. Those are the ones who receive it with joy, but because they don't understand it, it gets taken right away. If you give someone money who doesn't have an understanding of how to use it, it'll disappear. It doesn't matter how much it is. Look at people who won big-time lotteries, and they get this money, and it's gone. Very rarely do they turn it and flip it and create more. 
Someone who knows how to use money will take a lottery windfall and turn it into more, not less. But if you give someone a tool and they don't know how to use it, they'll use it incorrectly. And they'll probably damage something else in the process. We have to make sure that people understand what we're telling them. That they understand the word, that they gain understanding, not just information. In all thy getting, get understanding. The Bible says that in verse 20, that the seed falling on, rock, on, on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but they have no root, they have no depth. They only last a short time because when trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. And I can tell you, I've been in that position before where I received the word and I'm excited about the word, but when I'm challenged about the word, or about the idea, or about the vision. When I'm challenged by it, I get, I would get discouraged. And it would become too much for me to, to move forward on. I heard the word, but there's no root. And when there's no root, there's no place for it to take root. Then it, it, you move with excitement, but as soon as the sun comes out, Soon as somebody gives the pros and cons to what you're doing, then you, you back up and you slink away. It's too much to handle. You got to develop people who have depth to, to understand that it's not just about receiving the word, but that the word is a seed and that seeds have to be planted. And if they have to be planted, then it's going to take time to bear fruit. It's not going to come overnight. But it comes through diligence. It comes through perseverance. The word says that the seed that fell among thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word, making it unfruitful. The worries of life. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. I can, I can tell you that there are people who, who hear the word. They get an idea. They move forward with it. But the cares of, of life, and we live in a, a, listen, we live in a social media generation. I understand. Look, we all want to be where we reside, right? But the fact of the matter is that the money doesn't reside in a place. It resides for you underground. You've got to plant something that'll grow so that where you are is where the money re will reside. Or whatever it is that you want, whatever it is that you're going for, whatever it is that that word has been given to you says, you have to wait on it and let it bring forth fruit. That's what the good soil is about, right? 
It's about the good soil. So when, when I was younger, I was, uh, remember the show Dennis the Menace? I love Dennis the Menace. He was my idol. He was my best friend. I, I thought he was completely misunderstood. He got in trouble. He, he was just, mis- he had a lot of energy, um, clearly, but he was misunderstood. He was being himself. He wasn't being mischievous. He wasn't being a menace. He was just being himself. And he got on Mr. Wilson's nerves, right? And Mr. Wilson was the next door neighbor. I remember that I, I used to love Dennis the Menace. But let me tell you what happened over time, right? Over time, when I started to plant things in my garden and plant my grass and have my grass seed and it's to grow up real nice, out in front of my house, and it was really, I mean, it was nice, right? And my kids would run outside, and they would jump out the car, and instead of just walking up the walkway, they would make a, make a, a, a curve and just run right across the grass just to go up the steps. And I would say, hey, get, get off my grass. I, turn, I, I went from Dennis to Menace, and I turned into Mr. Wilson. Get off my grass. And I have security cameras. And when people walk their dogs, I get on the camera and I make sure that they don't let the dog go on my lawn. And when they do, I run outside, hey, hey, what you going to do with that? Because now I'm a, I'm a farmer. When you, when you plant something, you think about what you plant more. See, if I, if I, if I didn't plant anything, I wouldn't think about it. If I didn't plant anything, I wouldn't think about it. I wouldn't even notice. I may not even notice that I'm walking on the grass, but the person who planted that grass is going to say, hey, get, get, off my, get off my lawn. When you plant something in good soil, your focus is on what you need to do in order to keep that soil good. And we live in a, in a society now where there's so many things that take our focus away from what we've planted. Social media makes you look at what the next person is doing. And you look at your life and say, oh, well, they went on vacation and they did this and they did that. And you, and you forget to, to, to look at your own life and realize that you might still have a roof over your head and you might still have food on your own table and you might still have a loving family. And you don't know what goes on behind the scenes of what they allow you to see on their social media pages. But because we're looking at other things and we're getting distracted by the cares of the world and we're getting seduced by wealth. See, wealth seduces. In the word it says the deceitfulness of money, the deceitfulness of wealth. They got distracted by the deceitfulness of wealth. Those are the thorns that come up and choke out the word. Because money is deceitful because it'll make you think that you can get it now. It'll make you think that if I, if I pivot, I can get here faster. When you go over here, you see somebody doing something over there, and if I pivot, I can get over here faster. And now you're just attaching yourself to everything but what it is that you put in the ground. And the seed gets choked out by everything going on around you. Then it says, but the seed falling on good ground refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces the crop. And when I think of this, it yields a hundred 
60 or 30 times what was sown. When I think of that passage, I think of my wife, right? She's someone who, when she has something to do, guess what? It's amazing. It's a secret. Let me tell you. When she has something to do, she does it right away. I'm the type of person, that if, I, if I have a list of a to-do lists, all right, let me, let me take a look. Let me see what's going on here. Right, yeah. Okay. All right, yeah, I'll get to it. There might be something going on that I allow to take up my time, but if she has something to do, she'll do it right away. If she thinks of something, she'll do it right away. And because she does it right away, it's almost like tending to your soil. It's, it's, it's what is producing roots. It's, it's, it's taking it from a place where it can get swept away by the wind or the sun or birds to come and pick at it. It produces roots when you do it right away. Those are the ones who plant that seed in good soil. And we have to remember to be good soil. It's not just about the seed, it's about the soil. I poisoned my soil, right? But I had to go online to figure out instructions to see how to preserve the soil because it wasn't about the grass anymore at this point. What I realized was that I poisoned the soil. And it wasn't the first time. But now I had to go and figure out how to fix it. And so I had to water it and water it and water it and water it and water it. Days straight, my water bill went through the roof. Because I had to get the poison out of the soil. I had to fix the soil so that the next year my grass would grow. And the year after that. Because when soil's poisoned, it's poisoned. A lot of times that stuff doesn't go away. And it was uh, like, like some type of ammonia nitrate. Because you could smell it. The next day is when I realized what I put down in the ground because that's what I smelled. Ammonia. And so, but because I, I tended to my grass and I tended to my lawn and I worked to make sure that the soil was good, instead of having to wait until the next season for my grass to come back, a few weeks later, my green grass began to grow again. But I had to plant more seed in order for that to happen. I made sure that my, my soil was good. And a lot of times we spend, we don't spend enough time making sure that the soil is good. We, we spend a lot of time making sure that the seeds are right, right? We know, how, we know who to look at. We know who to get the information from. We know that the word is coming forth, but we're not spending time on the soil. And the soil is our hearts. When God speaks a word to us, and when God places his hand on us, the soil is our hearts. But this is the wonderful thing about, about Christ. It's the wonderful thing about God. He's the farmer. He came to save those who were lost. And let us go forward knowing that if we do as he did, if we let the word go forth, if we seek to understand and seek to provide understanding for others, 
and we'll see a, a, a harvest of a hundredfold and sixtyfold and thirtyfold. It won't happen overnight. But we're not trying to build mega ministries and churches and ministries that blow up and, and don't have any roots. Let's be rooted in our communities. Let's be rooted in our neighborhoods. Let's be rooted in our nation so that the harvest that comes forth would be a bountiful harvest and that it would produce good fruit. You might be with me listening. It doesn't matter where you are. You might hear the word and say, Father God, the word that I heard today touched me in a different way. It spoke to my heart. It convicted me. And let me know that you love me. Christ loves us all. He died for us all. He didn't just die for the Christians. The word says that God so loved the world that he gave his son. He died for us all. So let's remember that. Let's confess that he is Lord and that he died for our sins. Listen, if you've heard the word today and it's touched you and you know that something has, has fallen in your life, some seed has fallen on you in a different way and you want it to be good soil, just pray with me. Father God, I pray that everyone who hears this word, that you would condition their hearts to become good soil that would produce a harvest for your kingdom and a harvest in their lives. Your word says that all things work together for good to those who love you and who are called according to your purpose. So Father God, we pray that those purposes would come forth, that there would be nothing that they've experienced in life that would be wasted, but that you would pull the nutrients, that you would pull the, the, the water, the moisture, that you would pull from every area of their life, pull it together to make good soil. We thank you and we praise you. If there are those who have heard your voice for the first time, Father God, we thank you and we praise you that they would receive your spirit today. We thank you, Father God. We pray that you would seal your word in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.